This episode of Half a Star is sponsored by frogs. They live in the water, they live on land, and they also sometimes live in your dreams. I think you're pretty funny, don't you? Today on a very special episode of Half a Star, Benton and I are joined by longtime friend and fantastic Prince Edward Island writer, author, all-around movie fan, Dave Stewart. And he's going to share with us a breakdown of horror films, story writing, and his own Half a Star story. Tell him, Ben. Yeah, and he's also going to talk a little bit about a project that he and I are collaborating on coming up next week, so keep an ear out for that. All that and a little bit more on this episode of Half a Star, where bad ideas make great stories. He's Justin. He's Benton. Take it away, Rob McDonald. I don't listen because it's a podcast, but if you feel that you must... Here they are then, Ben and Justin. Together they are half of a star. Hey, Justin. Who, me? Yeah, you. The, oh. the, the only other Justin on this Zoom call right now. Oh, what great banter we're beginning with. Hi, Benton. How are you? Always good. See, you usually start these things and I usually have to respond. I know. Um, it's like writing with my left hand. It feels like <laughs> I'm in a stranger's house. It's... Yeah. Anyway, hello, Benton. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, it's going fine. I've got a microwaved cup of coffee. Oh, good, good. Have you, uh, speaking of hot beverages, have you noticed that the weather has changed? No, because I've been living on Mars in a cave with my eyes shut and my fingers in my ears. Well, has the weather of, changed? For those of us who are living on planet Earth, uh, you Excellent. might have noticed that it is now autumn. And what uh, when the calendar changes to autumn, the, uh, the, thoughts, the thoughts of a young person or a person of any age, really, go to uh, spooky things and Halloween oh, yes. and that sort of thing. And horror in particular. I would say. Would you not agree with that, Justin? I I would say that too. The Good. autumnal equinox does bring forth feelings of terror and or fear, since we're in the business of talking like a book. <laughs> All that to say, we have brought in perhaps one of PEI's foremost scholars and appreciators of the horror genre. Uh, he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of yours, Justin. He's an all-around great person. We love to have him and love to talk to him. Uh, Dave Stewart is with us. He has edited uh, Fear from a Small Place and uh, Monster, correct, Dave? Monster Man. Monster Man, that's the one. Because yeah. when I was a kid, a nasty mother of a friend's friend used to call me that disparagingly, and I reclaimed it. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's really kind of the... Uh, the reason we've had you on, Dave, I know that you do your spin times on CBC radio around the, the spooky times of year and that sort of thing to kind of get everybody in the mood for Halloween and for the horror type of thing. Uh, and we wanted to kind of get in on that, uh, on that uh, action, on that action. Yes, yeah, that's, well, that's the word to put it bluntly. <laughs> Let me just tell you, I haven't been asked this year. So, OK, so we're scooping Matt Rainey is what you're telling us. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Um, yeah, I guess I'm kind of curious, Dave. Like, when do you remember watching your first horror movie? Uh, so my, uh, 
I'll preempt that a little bit by saying my earliest memory is having a nightmare in my crib that a giant frog was eating me. <laughs> and I remember my parents running into the, my room and uh, trying to comfort me, um, whatever that did to me psychologically, unless we had a giant frog, I don't know, I was young. <laughs> you know, we might've, they might've had it. Uh, but I remember in Dartmouth, uh, catching a movie called The Giant Mantis, which okay. is a 1950s giant bug movie about a giant praying mantis that attacks Washington, D.C. And it terrified me. I had to sit, I was watching it by myself on a couch, and I had to sit up on the back part of the couch because I was terrified a smaller praying mantis would grab my ankles. Uh, and then I was hooked, I guess. Right. Yeah. So it's it elicited an immediate response from you, I suppose. Boo. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. And you've been chasing that feeling ever since, right? I have. I yeah. Have. Cool. What uh, I will say just before we continue, uh, I'm quite stirred right now because you mentioned as a small child, you had a nightmare of a giant frog eating you um dave <laughs> i've had the exact same dream are you serious i'm very serious oh and, i guess uh that's it's a very personal story i don't share very <laughs> often uh however i think my fear of uh, it is a fear of frogs that i have it's not a one I'm proud of. It's not that I don't like seeing them. I just don't want them to touch me. Just they because, might eat you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just the, maybe not eat. It's the sight of a frog on someone's hand presenting it to you. To me, it's the piston energy of a frog. It's either still or it's hopping. You know, like <clears throat> net, there's no real like, I'm gonna get into it. There's no <laughs> warm up to the frog jump. It just happens. And it's that unpredictability that I think really unsettles me. But the thing that put in my memory, or I think in my subconscious of uh, frogs is, um, I don't know if you've seen the movie, The Little Rascals. Um, uh, no, I, you know, you hit my, um, uh, my sour point where I'm familiar with the like 1930s serial, ah. but as, as, as I am an older gentleman than the two of you, perhaps even put together, <laughs> I uh, was not hitting the theater to see that, but go ahead. But uh, <laughs> well, I'll give you a rundown. I'll save mm. you uh, streaming this online. <laughs> There's a scene where Alfalfa and, uh, and Spanky, uh, uh, they want to get back uh, alfalfa's girlfriend darla and she's in a ballet class so what do you do to get into the ballet class you dress up as women because if children <laughs> in drag isn't what kids want in the 90s then i i'm in the wrong business um correct so they go and uh i guess spanky he's like oh no i got my pet frog uh <laughs> i gotta put him somewhere and i guess he just Dicks him in his crotch. He tucks his frog and mayhem ensues on the dance floor. And um, it haunted me very deeply. Just the image of a frog being shoved into a young boy's leotard while attempting ballet. It also explains my fear of ballet. I think, well, go ahead. You know, I would say, I think there are certain primal stories that Western civilization keeps going back to. So like you have like the father and son dynamic, the mother and daughter dynamic, that sort of thing. But there's also 
the frog and the crotch dynamic yeah. i think is a, that's a well that we keep tapping into i mean they say this. there's only seven basic stories right <laughs> and that's and number six <laughs> <laughs> um dave i'm curious as to your thoughts on like the psychology of horror movies like why do mm -hmm. people keep coming back to them like why do you specifically keep coming back to them? yeah i don't think there's any one answer to that i think it's different for different people but for me it's a number of things one uh i like to thrill if i get a thrill from a particular mm -hmm. movie um i also like how it's um you can explore themes that are difficult to explore uh, in a really safe way and in sometimes a thoughtful way. I think the best horror is usually a metaphor for something. So mm -hmm. if you're watching The Witch, for example, you're watching a movie about a young woman forced to become what she's told she is. You know what I mean? So I think, I think all of those things are a big part of it. And, you know, if it's a gory movie, then it's the thrill of seeing a special effect like a magic trick. Right? Mm, right so I, I know if a helicopter blade knocks the top of somebody a zombie's head off that didn't happen <laughs> i still have friends who are confused that i will faint or become faint at the sight of a, a real medical procedure yet i can watch the goriest movies but <laughs> that upsets me because it makes me think they can't tell the difference between <laughs> fantasy and reality yeah. So what am I dealing with here? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I don't have a phobia of red paint. That's not yeah, what this yeah, is about. Yeah, <laughs> yep. So did that answer it sort of? I think so, yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious, like, I, I see you post about movies a lot and they are movies mm. that to my uncultured palate, I would call bad movies. Mm -hmm. I'm curious as to what keeps you coming back to those. I guess we could call them campy sort of B movies. Like, yeah. I, I, I think about John Waters a lot when I sort of think about kind of what your, uh, like, taste, like your, what sort of <laughs> yeah. collection you're cultivating, I guess. And, and that would be fair. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just curious uh, as to, like, what role you find, what you see camp having and sort of these, like, consciously janky movies. Yeah, I'll give you three answers if I can remember them by the time I get to number three. One is that for me, there's a fine line between um, uh, bad or camp and art. It's mm. a very fine line. Okay. Uh, second thing is that those kind of movies can show you things that a mainstream um, Ron Howard movie can't. <laughs> it will sure. surprise you in ways that uh, a, 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 a hero tale about firefighters is not gonna do. And the third is that there's a comfort there. Uh, when my mom was dying of cancer, I spent my evenings watching old AIP horror movies, American International Pictures, like Blackula and Scream and Scream Again. Um, there was a comfort there going back to things from my childhood, and it was really a warm, bloody blanket mm -hmm. of comfort. So um, those are three things for me. I always love something that shows me, that surprises me, right? And sometimes by being bad, you create something totally surprising and, and, and it can have a really positive effect. Um, I think, and you know, because, you know, with the two of you, my friend Rob McDonald and I see a lot of ourselves in you, I think, uh -huh. but like the younger generation of Rob and Dave in a way. Mm. And um, I think nostalgia plays a big role in things, right? So 
for instance, Justin, when you just talked about the movie, <laughs> The Little Rascals, yes. which is beyond my scope of experience, um, uh, that may have a nostalgic vibe for you, whereas the things that Rob and I might have a nostalgic um, vibe towards totally different things, but totally outside of your experience, right? So uh, as I get older, I see more and more of the role that nostalgia plays in things. Right. And I do expect that in 30 years time, I'll be on the other end of a podcast explaining to two young men. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you about the 90s. Have you kids what? heard of the Mighty Morphin is, Power is that Rangers? What, that, are you saying that's what Dave sounds like to you, Justin? Absolutely. Well, let me tell you, sometimes I do. And um, one of you will have to become bald and gay and the other will have to get a dog. Well, I already have a dog. Those are the uh, okay. two, ben, it's down to you. Those are the two <laughs> dominant personality things of each. That's so good. I love yeah. that. <laughs> also, to be clear, uh, while while I am a trained actor, when I break into act outs in any sort of comedic turn, I have what Ben two three voices. I've got old got a, person. Yeah, you've got old person. You've got like grandmother which is just a different old person <laughs> and uh, got I've, southern bell <laughs> and i've got kermit the frog which is yeah, just right. a blanket Aww. statement yeah. of hello everyone uh <laughs> and it's back and, to the frog yes ah you got me now um, dave for for our listeners out there who might be curious uh movie movie theaters are reopening mm-hmm. uh it's it feels like hollywood is bouncing back a little bit Finally. Who, yeah, finally. I mean, they were really touch and go there for a second. I was worried. <laughs> yeah, I was worried. <laughs> I'm curious, who's making movies right now that you've got your eye on that you're really interested in as a filmmaker? Well, if I get his name wrong, I'm so sorry. But um, the guy who made The Witch in the Lighthouse, Robert Eggers. Mm. Oh, yeah. I believe that's his name. Yeah. I l- love the two movies of his I've seen. I also, although I never know how to take the ending of his movies because they both crack me up, is uh, Ari Aster, who made Hereditary and mm. uh, Midsummer. Uh, Midsummer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm just like, do are you supposed to laugh at those endings? I don't know. Because <laughs> when somebody looks like a giant flower cake and they're walking across the field, flower as in the plant not the edible i'm like uh i don't know um so those are two there's also uh i can't even remember her name but she made a movie called saint maud that i thought was really terrific and i highly recommend to both of you it's about yeah it's about a woman who becomes obsessed uh, has a religious obsession and thinks she's on a mission from god to save people but the final second is really shocking and terrifying Cool. The final second. All right. And it was directed by Rose Glass. Thank you. You yeah. are so, look, talk to the younger kids. They can go <laughs> fast. We're always on our Google machines. Yes. <laughs> now, Dave, this episode is being released today, October <laughs> October 8th, uh, which is also the release date of the latest A24 film, Lamb. Uh, have you seen hmm. the trailer for this movie? I haven't, but I like what A24 puts out. What can you tell me about it? Well, I don't know if it's horror, but it's definitely thriller. It is a, uh, a farm couple. They, uh, they run a farm. And to my understanding, they are having difficulty procreating until one day in the barn, uh, one of their sheep who's giving birth gives birth to a human baby 
with a <laughs> lamb head. Wow. And they raise it. And they think it's perfectly fine. But the rest <laughs> of the world sees it as an abomination of nature. Wow. Uh, uh, so listeners, this is not sponsored by A24. I, uh, I definitely just wanted to name drop that awesome company that uh, Dave has uh, mentioned a few of their films. Uh, mm. So what, uh, what do you think it is about A24? Uh, listing that as another example that uh, uh, appeals to a, a generation of film goers that uh, want something a little different. Well, you know what? I think I, I'm going to say two things. One is in terms of the company itself, I think they're able to identify people who are offering interesting things. But as far as moviegoers, like I loved, loved, loved The Witch, but I know so many people who've hated it, right? Mm. And I think in part because they expected to see a spook show with like cats jumping out of trees every three minutes and, you know, screaming. And plus they watched it on their watches. So yeah. they're, seeing, <laughs> they're seeing a movie that you know, you really need to shut up and see in a big theater and they're watching it like that, like yep. teeny, and it just doesn't have the impact. And I've seen the problem with miss uh, marketing movies so many times and that mm. people go in expecting one thing and they walk out hating it because only because it's not what they expected. And maybe they wouldn't have gone at the first place. So um, I think it's a quality of their stuff and their, uh, the reason that their, uh, the, their ability to be able to identify those filmmakers and those projects, um, that when it does resonate, when they do resonate with somebody, they really do. So they're, they're kind of at the forefront of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Also, you know what? You know who I didn't mention? Jordan Peele. Yeah, I really like his. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. I, I didn't see The Twilight Zone, but I love both Get, uh, Get Out and Us, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. Jordan Peele is a very interesting uh, figure for me because he he was so firmly in the sketch comedy world, mm. and then he was just like, now nah, I'm going to go do like socially conscious horror movies exclusively yep. now. And I just think it's like a very interesting, like talent is talent, right? Like it doesn't yep. really matter. Yeah. Yeah, and that's always been interesting for me because I think not 100% of the time, but a lot of the times talent in one area can translate into other areas. And also like the guys in, um, I don't know if you know the British series League of Gentlemen, but they've done a lot of that too, right? With mm -hmm. um, uh, Mark Gaddis, who did yep. the Dracula TV series and Sherlock and a bunch of stuff like that. All those guys are horror fans and they've done series, even the League of Gentlemen, that is heavily influenced and infused with horror, but mm -hmm. they're sketch comedians, uh, you know, and, and and they have that drama comedy side. So yeah, <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah. I, have, I have one more question on the subject of uh, horror film, perhaps before we transition into some other talking points here. Um, let's say you've got a partner, a romantic partner in your life that despite all of your claims of how good these certain horror movies are, they are just firmly resolved. I don't like horror and I don't want to watch it. <laughs> now let's say this person airing this grievance believes movies and cinema should be a shared experience. It's fun to watch it yourself, but more fun to share the love. How would you get someone to cross the floor, to switch so, team and give it a try. So Justin's asking Dave, how do I trick my fiance into watching a <laughs> movie with me? Yeah. Um, yeah. I've tried the trickery and I, I, I don't recommend it, um, but what you could do is 
start with some really good examples like Rosemary's Baby that are mm-hmm. not the that are movies like I have a friend who who, who said to me um like she's very smart she's a doctor who said that's a horror movie and I go yeah Satan impregnates a woman that's a horror movie right <laughs> um, you know but like a movie like that that's not um I mean, I guess the thing is to find out what they don't like about it. A lot of people confuse horror movies with just slasher movies, right? Mm, right. And that's just a teeny tiny little subgenre. So stay away from Friday the 13th, but, you know, find something like um, uh, Rosemary's Baby or The Haunting, or they don't have to be, uh, you know, as old as the 60s. There's there's modern examples I just can't think of right now, but I would find, uh, find out what this imaginary person doesn't like about horror movies and then find horror movies that aren't that okay well this right. uh this is thinly veiled that uh, this is about my fiance <laughs> diana so diana uh you heard it from dave uh what we're gonna do to spice up our relationship is a little bit of roman polanski you Ew. heard it straight from dave <laughs> yeah that sounded wrong <laughs> i was gonna say justin no she doesn't listen to this. Hey, <laughs> it's true. I know she doesn't because I told a story that I actually dropped an Easter egg at the end of our Elspeth Wright episode. I said, here's a story I haven't even told Diana. And if she's listening, then uh, she'll definitely bring it up. Uh, just CC the episode of uh, Elspeth Wright uh, where I poop my pants. Moving on. Speaking of <laughs> plugging things, Justin. Ah, Yes. That's what a, we would call a segue in the writing hmm. business. Now, Dave, um, we've had you on to talk horror movies, but I also want to talk a little bit about a project that you and I have coming up together, actually. Absolutely. Which I'm really excited about. Me too. So listeners may or may not be aware that at the King's Playhouse next week, from October 14th to 17th, there is a new works theater festival called Fresh from the Island. And there's a whole bunch of stuff to do that weekend that you can find out about on kingsplayhouse.com. We're talking workshops, public presentations, public readings, all that kind of stuff. But the reason that Dave is here is that we want to talk about one event specifically. And Dave, uh, I can fill in some details, but if you want to give people the elevator pitch. uh, Yeah, and you know what? Shout along while I speak, like pop-up videos, if you remember that, to correct any misinformation. Sure. Okay, so uh, it's an open mic. I'm going to say a literary pre-Halloween open mic so that it's uh, spooky in theme, if not entire nature. And anyone who uh, has a piece of writing they want to try out, it can be um, a short story, it can be a poem, it can be a scene from a play, it can be a song. Uh, are invited to um, register online in advance. That's a must, correct? Yep. And uh, I'm going to host the damn thing and I'm going to keep you rolling along. And um, if uh, Ben gives me the thumbs up, I will kick you in the butt if you're on for more <laughs> than um, 14 minutes. minutes. Yeah, five, 15 minutes. Okay, whatever. five. Okay, we'll good. See, we'll I was it way out of control there. Damn. Um, in, yeah, in comedy, so, we give the light, and in, in this, you're giving the <laughs> kick in the arse. No, All we're right. gonna, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna outfit Dave fully with one of those like shepherd crooks. Just like we're gonna go full vaudeville, I think. You know what I would like, especially because it's sort of pre-Halloween theme, is um like a spike in the toe of each of my shoes. <laughs> we can. 
I was gonna say we can get like, you can like full Hellraiser just with like you can get like a bunch of pins in your head. <laughs> I don't know. That's how that's very I would you're asking a lot of me now. <laughs> you want me to pin my head and face. Yeah, and I think in uh just giving you this public platform where you ref, where you, you feel like you can't say no is probably the best way to ask you to do that. Right? Yeah, that's great. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, Ben, that's a little bit on the nose to the plot of the movie Hellraiser. It's about a man who comes straight from hell to host an open mic in a regional theater of eastern canada okay spell it out you know i I always wondered what that guy's origins were and now i know wow nick Um, (laughs) not what i expected just getting the just getting the boring details out of the way though uh pre-registration and as well as performer registration are two separate things but the links for those can both be found on kingsplayhouse.com and most excitingly of all i think admission to this fantastic event is completely pay what you wish so uh yeah yeah take that take that to the bank i guess I could say. And, and you know what ben i would say you're doing some, you and the king's playhouse are doing some really really interesting stuff and i think this is a great idea a great initiative and it would truly be great to have some folks come out who want to try stuff even if they haven't done it before mm-hmm. or if they're pros even just like come out and make it the most fun night possible. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of short things, and um, I, th- you know, I think it's got a lot of potential. I just hope haul uh, your ass to Georgetown. That's what I say. Absolutely, and with the new rural transit system, there is no excuse now. See, and that should be their tagline: haul your ass to Georgetown. <laughs> There's and with the new no rural transit system, There is no excuse. Now. That's a horror story in of its own. PEI public transit. (laughs) I thought I was going to PEI. I thought I was going to Georgetown. Now, Dave, Mm. we've had you on here. You have answered all of our questions. Uh, You've been very gracious to do so, and we thank you for it. Now comes the time where Justin and I like to say, you have to pay the tax. Mm -hmm. Mm. so for those of you who this is your first episode welcome thanks for stopping by Uh, i assume you're here because of dave and if so that's amazing um please stick around for a while listen to our back catalog we're happy to have you specifically Uh, the elspeth wright episode specifically the elspeth wright episode where justin admits to something that i never thought he would admit to uh i will not spoil (laughs) it here dave i'll tell you once we are stopping recording um so yeah um justin why don't you roll down for the listeners what's going to happen now uh certainly what we got every episode on half a star is we invite our guest our esteemed guest not only to talk about the cool shenanigans that they've got going on in their own lives but they must share with us what is called a half a star story and that is a story that is so bad it's good. It's a story that if you had to rank it on a five-star rating system, it wouldn't even earn a half a star. So not even a full star, I should say. It gets a half a star. They would risk a supernova by dissecting a star in half. And in that epic explosion, we get an amazing story that is so bad, it's good. We celebrate the stupidity here on this show, and we want to know, Dave, what Mm. half a star story do you have? A supernova of storytelling expectations. Well, wow. I have to say my whole life is a half a star story. (laughs) But when Ben talked to me originally about this, one thing zoomed into my mind, obviously a trauma that's locked somewhere in the reptile part of my brain. And um, (laughs) in a weird way, 
it's connected to the fact, Justin, that you and I have both have uh, have had eaten by frog dreams. Yeah. <laughs> so hold on to a pillow while you. No, no, no frogs. Okay. No frogs or infants were harmed in this story, <laughs> although a young man's psyche was destroyed. Um, for some reason, as a young gayling, I was heavily involved in choirs. Sure. <laughs> uh, you know, we have that attraction to musical theater and the like. <laughs> and um, so I was in my school choir. I was in whew, the church choir. And in the church choir, the, um, our choir director, the uh, lovely and late Nan Kirby, signed me up for um, a music festival where I would sing a solo of the Happy Wanderer Valdery, Valdera, I love to go wandering, my knapsack on my back. I did not pick the song. <laughs> um, I told my father under no conditions was he to attend. So we're at the performance hall and my name is called and I go into a trance and walk out. And I look out and there is my father <laughs> sitting with my Mother already having broken, already having having broken my first rule and setting me um, sort of askew. So I sing the song and it sounds a little weird to me. And it ends, and I'm really, really red. I can feel it in my face. I go and I sit down, and they read the scores at the end. I was about twelve or thirteen at this time. Uh, apparently my voice was changing and I didn't know it and neither did the choir director. So I sang a very cracked, horrific version of the Happy Wanderer. And the judge got up and said, you're becoming a man. There's no shame in that. Ah. Um, but I came in last. <laughs> That's so funny. that was humiliating. For so many reasons. And the choir director, who was from Wales, Ms. Nan Kirby, came over to me and said, I guess I didn't realize your voice was changing that much. Um, so the frog connection, Justin, okay. is that, uh, do you know Ken Stetson, the playwright? Uh, I'm familiar, yes. Yeah. Uh, Greg He's... Doran actually just loaned me a, a script of his to oh, read. Oh, cool. Yeah. Was it Warm Wind in China, perhaps? It's the the one with the horse and the pig in the title yes. and it escapes me. horse high and pig tight or something like that yes right? yes so kent is a friend of mine and i found out through talking with him he was asked to sing the happy wanderer for i think it was the queen mother when she was here and he was going through puberty <laughs> and had the exact same experience of the exact same song and we share that horrific bond that I now share with you in a different way. Wow. Yeah. You know, they often <laughs> say that there are three things in life that are inescapable. Mm -hmm. Death, taxes, and puberty. puberty. Yeah, right. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and the happy little wanderer. Yeah, wanderer. I know. <laughs> so maybe there's four. Maybe there's four. <laughs> oh, man. I, That's like, awesome. Honestly, having uh, to sing in choir, I think that to me is a half a star story in its own, but yeah. that uh, knocked it out of the park. I wonder who was more embarrassed, Kent singing for the Queen Mother or you singing for your father? Like I like the stakes of that, it, they feel the same to me. 
I think, yes, they are the same uh, in many ways. I mean, Kent didn't have to go home with the Queen Mother, and <laughs> I had to go home with my parents. That's the a drive, different story. The drive you know, home must have been something else. Well, I, I remember being up there singing and look at my dad and he was sitting sideways. And I was just like, not good, not good. <laughs> the things that you read from a stage when you can see an audience yep. are uh, traumatic. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, God bless. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure your father appreciated your effort and your, your energy. Uh, yeah. So you're saying good try, sir. Yeah. Really yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the time I got an exceptional effort medal in grade nine. It's oh. like, that feels a little bit like damning with faint praise. Totally. And do you know what it reminded me of really is I always hated gym class and you would get that stupid participation badge. Did you have that when you were in school? Yeah. yeah. That's what this was. It was like, thanks for playing. Try <laughs> roll up the rim again. Right? <laughs> I was just like... No, this is my life. Yeah. Uh, since yeah. I moved out of my parents' house some 12 years ago, anytime mm. I come home, uh, my bedroom is kept in like immaculate state from the <laughs> time I moved out. It looks like I died in high school. Like they have everything as it was, but they, uh, they moved in my dad's trophy collection from the den oh. into uh, my bedroom. And it's like a whole collection of, draft horse uh horse showing like stat like like big like friggin trophy statues uh but they're right beside my like three soccer participation <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so, like, that is such a power move on your dad's part yeah yeah <laughs> every morning i'd come home and uh anytime i'm home i'd wake up and i'd see them just at the foot of the bed just like well there it goes missed expectations i guess is all that is <laughs> Justin, do you think your parents go into your room and sit on your bed and smell your sweaters? Uh, I took all of my sweaters with okay, me, right. so I hope not. Uh, okay, I, I, hope I, not. I often wonder if they know about the Playboy magazine that is tucked away <laughs> in a, a, a bottom shelf of my dresser. By the way, if my parents are listening. They're not. <laughs> Luckily, we, we don't have to worry about that either. But uh, I remember yeah. I was 18. It was my 18th birthday. My best friend at the time todd campbell name drop he shout uh, out todd what up shout out todd uh we were <laughs> friends from high school and i just turned 18 and uh he's laughing because like you can do you're legal but you can't do anything because P on prince edward island the legal drinking age is 19 so as a joke he bought me uh, a playboy magazine and uh i'm just like well what the hell do i do with this like there's no way to really transport it like I just hit it. And every time I've come home, I'm like, all right, this will be the time I destroy it or I put it in my carry on luggage. But then that'd be the time at like Air Canada or the airport. They were like, oh, could you open your bag for additional screening? <laughs> and it's like, all right, here's Susan Feldman. Uh, cool. Uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, to answer your question, no, I don't think my parents are sniffing my sweat. <laughs> I just I've seen too many after school specials where kids drink and drive. You know? Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Ben, I'm not sure. I believe Justin's origins of the Playboy story, but that's okay. <laughs> and oh, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the the mechan mechan. I can't talk. The um, effort is the same. I was Porky Pig there. The mecca, 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 the same. But the stakes are higher when you have to hide gay porn from your parents. 
There That's you all go. I'm going to say. That's fair. I appreciate that. Mm. Uh, on that note, Dave, uh, thank you so much for coming. Uh, Thanks for having. Half a star. I want to give you a chance to talk about your books, though. Oh, uh, well, um, how about if I say this? I do have two books. Uh, one I edited and contributed to and put together called Fear from a Small Place. Writers from Canada's smallest province unleash their greatest fears. And then a collection of my own short stories called Monster Man, Tales of the Uncanny by Dave Stewart. You can get them via me, although I only have like four copies of each left, yay. Um, and I do wanna say that Sandy Carruthers, who is a local artist who is known for his work on the original Men in Black comic series, mm -hmm. and I are doing a comic book together called Dark Sanctuary. Hey. And we're about, yeah, we've done issue one and we're about to launch a Kickstarter for uh, issue two. So keep Amazing. your eyes open for that. Amazing. Awesome. There are great yeah. things in the future. PEI is killing it right now. I'm so pumped. We are. Yeah. Cool. How's Hamilton doing, Justin? Hey, it's it's all right. Uh, I think uh, last time I was on with a guest talking about Hamilton, I uh, mentioned they're always filming something in Hamilton, <laughs> but it's never set in Hamilton. Uh, it, it's great living in the background of the Umbrella Academy. Uh, pretty sure I'm on the show. Amazing. I hear I hear it's hard to get tickets for Hamilton. Is that so? <laughs> hey. <laughs> It's, uh, uh, it's easier to get tickets for the Thai Cats. Uh, hey. Great Cups coming up, but they're not going to be in it. All right. Great guys in sports. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you both. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. And that was Dave Stewart. Listeners, you want to check out Dave Stewart's work on the internet, give him a Google, check him out on Facebook. We're going to be promoting some of his material on our social media. So you can find us on Instagram at half a star or on Facebook at half a star. But hey, Facebook, how old are we? We can't use Facebook for jack shit anymore. Can we? We couldn't, we couldn't use Facebook at all earlier this week. Remember that? Right. It crashed. Crashed the fuck out of the internet. Yeah. For a brief moment, we tasted freedom. All that to say, this has been another episode of Half a Star. I want to thank Dave for stopping by. I want to thank Justin for being himself. And I want to thank you too. <laughs> you too. Ed and Bono. <laughs> yeah, I want to thank you too for uh, downloading their music onto people's iPhones without consent that one time. I, I, wanna, wanna... I want to thank them for Actung Baby and yeah. only Actung Baby. I also want to thank you, the listener, for stopping by. If this is your first time, welcome. If it's not, welcome back. We'll and if you it's your time. last time, fuck yourself. Just get <laughs> fucked. Just get fucking out of here. I would never say that, but Justin's right. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, remember, Black Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter, every child matters. Get the vaccine. Go to the park. Be a good person. We'll see you next time.